Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Corey Munchbach, the CEO of Blue Conic. Corey has spent her career on the cutting edge of marketing technology and brings years of working with Fortune 500 clients from various industries to Blue Conic. Before joining Blue Crew, she was an analyst at Forrester Research, where she covered business and consumer technology trends and the fast-moving marketing tech landscape. Corey is a sought-after speaker and industry voice, and her work has been featured in VentureBeat, Wired, AdAge, and AdWeek. A lifelong Bostonian, Corey spends a considerable amount of her downtime on various volunteer and philanthropic initiatives throughout the greater Boston community. Welcome to the show, Corey. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is so awesome. So tell me a little bit about your journey uh, as to how you wound up being the CEO of Blue Conic. Funny, I ask myself that uh, almost every day uh, in its own right. Um, and it's, it is sort of a winding journey, certainly not one um, that I would say I deliberately put myself on. I was a political science major uh, undergrad at Boston College. I thought I would go and get my PhD one day and study public policy. Um, and through a series of fortuitous events, um, in hindsight, it sort of all makes sense and pulls together. But um, I ended up at Forrester and focused on the research side and thought that that would be, again, something I could kind of parlay back into academia at some point. Um, and one thing led to another. I got some really cool opportunities to um, lean into new roles and learn new things. Uh, and that brought me into realizing I really wanted to be an operator. I wanted to get in and sort of help build a company. So I was employee 17 at Blueconic. I was the first woman uh, at the company, the only one for a long time. Uh, and fast forward to here we are today, a little over eight years later. Uh, and I just recently became the CEO, taking over the reins from our founder and CEO, um, Bart Heilbron, who founded the company about 10 years ago. So it's been uh, logical in hindsight and completely unpredictable if you'd asked me 15 years ago if this is where I would be today. Wow, that's fantastic. So you started as the only woman in the in the organization. And did, how many yeah. are there? Almost how many are there now? now, which is something That's I'm very so proud great. of. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, you know, um, we, you know, keep track of uh, all of our sort of progress and think about this from a number of different lenses. But certainly uh, one of the most measurable areas of improvement that we've seen is from those early days to where we are now. Uh, I still think we've got a lot of work to do in a couple of different dimensions, but um, definitely celebrate those wins before we kind of focus on the work that we still have left on that front. That's so great. So tell me a little bit about, so you went from employee 17 to a CEO in eight years. That's a fast track. So tell me a little bit about what are some of the challenges? Well, first, what was the drive that that made you think, I want to be a CEO? And then what were some of the kind of personal growth um, things that you had to overcome or learn in order to step into that role? Yeah, it's such a good question. So you know, to be fair, I'm not sure um, I ever really thought of it until it became a real possibility, right? Sort of, it was a very abstract um, idea. When I joined the company, 
and everyone knows the story very well who works at Bluconic. I really took the job initially thinking I would be there for about a year. Uh, it was a transitional role going from being an analyst, which is very high level and sort of strategy. And you're working with tons of customers and clients, but not really in depth. You're doing very broad research, et cetera, um, into a tiny startup um, and where you're wearing kind of the, the stereotypical all the hats. Um, and so I really thought that that would be um, a stop along the way. I did know that I wanted to be, like I said, an operator and be hands-on. I really like to get into the weeds of things. And I'm really um, always excited about new kind of problems and challenges. So being in a company where you're always looking for the next thing, what do we need to build? What do we need to do better? Really kind of suits my personality. I'm not sure, again, that I envision that meaning that I would get to be CEO one day. Um but, you know, what I have long thought about and sort of where my job satisfaction comes from is really two things. One is the people that I get to work with and the sort of growth that I get in terms of learning. I am very, very curious. Um, I am much better in new environments where I get to figure things out for the first time than I am sort of doing repeated things over and over. And so um, when I joined in those early days, that's really what it was, is kind of figuring out. Um, how do I contribute to this company, but also shape the culture and what we're going to be long term? And, you know, I think you asked the question about sort of some of the choices along the way and it being fast. You know, I will confidently declare so much of it is luck and timing, right? Being in a startup is luck and timing. Having had the chance to do it was a privilege to be able to go and do that and know that it was a risk I could take at that point in my personal life and in my career. So a lot of things had to come together to make this possible, totally regardless of whether I'm competent or skilled or motivated or any of those things that I like to think that I bring to the job. Um, so a lot of it was luck and, and kind of good timing. And then being in a situation certainly where um, I had the chance to work very closely with our founder and CEO uh, of course, him investing in me and, and the rest of the founding team doing the same has been really crucial. So a lot of that sponsorship that I've gotten has been super important. So really, it's a lot of factors that have come together that I've been on the very lucky receiving end of and have gotten to make the most of. Um, but I definitely don't declare that as being something that I could have kind of forced us getting into this moment um, or this opportunity without a lot of other things happening around me. I like that you, you know, you contribute your success to your team, the people that support you, your mentors, which are so important. Um, I think that's so great. A lot of people, you know, it, we, we have to be successful in our own right. We have to have that drive and we have to want it and we have to really perform uh, for ourselves and meet our own expectations to get there. But the people you surround yourself with is also just as critical. So I'm really glad that you pointed that out. Yeah, I mean, in more than one ways, people have asked me a lot why I've stayed at the company as long as I have. And one of those things has been about the people. And what I particularly say is that there's not a day that goes by, no matter how hard the day is, where I have not laughed with someone at work about something. Um, and I think just that is so important to have created those kinds of bonds and that support um, around myself, but also now that it's grown up kind of around me that others feel that same energy and feel that same support. Um, that is crucial. Without that, I think it's really hard to be successful in any form or fashion. Um, and I am a big, big, big believer in sort of how community comes together and how we all are part of one system and, you know, sort of the whole piece coming together, the whole being greater than some of its parts. Um, and I think a lot of the Blue Conic success story is, is kind of directly attributable to that 
kind of core value of collaboration. The humility is another core value of ours and that kind of emphasis on working together so that we can all achieve success um, is something that is super important to me personally, but I think we kind of share as a collective. That's great. Some of my lifelong friends have turned out to be past coworkers that they're yeah. just, you know, they're, they're literally my ride or die now, you know, like I can count on them for anything and we no longer work together, you know, totally. and we haven't yeah, in years. I have, the same. I have the same. And I think it's so important also because there's so much information now and data about how work is such a critical component of community and particularly coming out of the last couple of years where folks have been isolated you know, I'm not necessarily sure. I think it's a good thing that work has become such a central community pillar. I think it's probably better for the society writ large than for us to have other places where we're refilling our cups and being able to pour back in and all of that. But it is also true that in the meantime, work is a really important sustaining place of people having relationships and building them and a critical part that I don't think is going to change anytime soon. So I really do see it as a big responsibility of mine um, and as our, our leadership team and as an organization to make sure that we are the kind of place that is cultivating that and giving people sort of a sustaining energy, not necessarily, in fact, to pour back into Blue Conic per se, but to bring home to their families, to make them better people outside of work as well, um, because it is just one facet, but it is a really, really critical one today. That's great. So you mentioned, you mentioned even on the hard days. So talk about what you do on those hard days to make sure that one, you can sustain, you know, your pace at work and, and be, you know, productive and, and, you know, still responsive to your colleagues, but also respectful to yourself. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure I've cracked this exactly right. Um, there's a couple of things that I try to do very, very regularly. And then on the, the particularly tough days on a regular basis. Um, it's funny, I had a perfect kind of microcosm of this where when we first went remote in March of 2020, um, my, I thought I'd, I'd have the Liza Fair work from home life. Like I'd, you know, work out whatever in the middle of the day and I'd sort of, it would all blend. And it took less than two weeks for me to be like, absolutely not. This does not work for me. I am a very structured person. So a big part of my kind of balance and approach is structure, actually. So creating structure in my day, I exercise in the morning, I kind of, whether I'm working from home or going into the office, I'm dressed for the same kind of occasion, I wind down very similarly. And so creating that sort of separation in my day is really important to me. And having certain activities I kind of associate with that really helps me manage my energy at the right times um, and throughout the day. So those are big for me. Um, I go back to something we're going to obviously talk about a lot, but people are such a critical part of my overall well-being, whether it's my husband, whether it's my family, um, with our friends, coworkers, whatever it might be. Um, I'm very much an extrovert in the sense that I draw a lot of energy from the people around me. And so surrounding myself with people who give me good energy and can bring that back. Uh, and obviously, of course, that I can pay that forward to uh, more often than not that I'm drawing, I hope. Um, but that's really, really important. Um, and then I think also just the, um, you know, on those harder days, the thing that is often challenging for me is like just putting that in perspective sometimes. Um, it can get very uh, overwhelming quickly. And so finding ways to kind of remind myself that um, this is this is all relative. And it's something I started doing, probably, I think four years ago now, um, was doing a nightly gratitudes practice. And so uh, every night I, before I go to bed, um, write three things that day that I was grateful for. And one of the things that I call out that's so important to me about this is that 
I'm, I think, predisposed to being sort of a negative person, not, not like a Debbie Downer, but I just will kind of get frustrated and I'll burn off the energy and I'll kind of move on. What gratitudes really notably did for me early was help me start to use the muscle of my brain of reframing shitty stuff into positives. And it was shocking to me, honestly, that after 30 days of doing it, I literally felt myself actively reframing things that I would never have done before. And so four years in, that has been just a muscle that's so ingrained and I maintain it and everything. Um, But that to me, probably the idea of kind of reframing and being able to take it all in and try to think about what does this represent as a gift of some kind? What am I learning from it? Something to soften the blow, um, whatever that might look like, has been a big addition to my toolkit of this stage of my life that I didn't have before. Um, And I honestly now can't kind of imagine going through life without having that element um, in because it does make things so much more manageable and accessible on those hard days. And it's a cherry on top on the good days, of course. (laughs) And it it probably helps you kind of give new perspectives to your employees as well, right? Um, I know in my my coaching program, I with my clients, the the one thing they're always shocked is you always have these unique perspectives that I've never seen, like, you know, and, and helping someone see a new perspective is is just really, that's the difference between having a good moment or a bad moment or ruining a day or, or having a decent day. Um, so how do you think that that helps you with your employees? I mean, it's exactly right is toward sort of being able to be the counterbalance to what they need in that moment. Uh, and if it's a boost or great, you know, if it's maybe some tough love, depending on what they're reacting to, right? But being able to do that in a dignified way that recognizes the situation. I think one of the things that I've learned um, a lot, actually working with a coach who at one point, several months into working together said, hey, Corey, you may be right and it may not matter here. And when I tell you, my whole world came off of an axis when he said that, because I, I am very much a just person like things when it's right when I have an opinion about what is right I have a very difficult time relinquishing that or taking perspective on it Um, and I think exactly sort of to your what you're describing is the more that I can exercise reframing whether it's for gratitude specifically or just more generally it creates I'm a more empathetic person I think it makes me a more creative partner to talk about with different things when you can sort of bat stuff around Um, So in general, the ability to change perspectives, change how things are being thought of, um, and ideally, of course, channeling them constructively, whatever that might mean in the situation, those are huge assets to everyone in an organization, right? It creates efficiency, it moves people forward, um, it just, it, it cultivates a good energy toward what we're trying to accomplish and avoid spiraling. Um, so I'm not sure, I mean, whether I'm exceptional at that or not, but it is absolutely something I spend a lot of time trying to make sure I'm doing, thinking about things from a lot of different lenses, not necessarily reacting immediately, kind of engaging with curiosity, not judgment. Like those are things that I have to work on every single day. But having that ability to reframe is a huge piece of being able to do that at all. It's it's so important. I used to be very like a control freak and everything had to be my way or no way. And, you know, I am so different than the me like 20 years ago. And when you can open your beliefs to anything that from from any perspective, from somebody else's perspective, from, you know, when you can open to the possibilities that that. 
anything could be viewed, you know, 50 different ways. And then it, 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 you wind up looking at things from a learning perspective rather than a, it has to be right or wrong, right? It has Absolutely. to be this way or that way. Um, and what it does is it, it, it really kind of triggers like a creative response because now you can start adding, you know, oh, there's, I just saw 50 different ways. That's pretty cool. And now I can add five more ways on top of that. Right. And so I think it's really beneficial when you can, when you can, you know, operate from that uh, perspective. Yeah, and I would very much consider myself a work in progress on a lot of this. And so just that caveat, I think it's something like for me, it will always be as someone who tends to be very prepared and sort of in the weeds on things and all of that. It can be hard for me to stop and think about it from a different lens. I also tend to move very quickly, so I can find it frustrating to have to slow down and sort of reconsider. And so, you know, those are all areas exactly to your point that the fact that I'm even aware of it today is real growth for me compared to where I might have been 20 years ago, right? So, so again, celebrate those wins where I can get them. Um, but it is something that is increasingly uh, challenging to do. And I think the the world in this moment also is kind of challenging us to do that differently and, and challenge ourselves internally and externally. Um, so definitely an area where I think I can improve a lot, but have become much more cognizant of my need to and sort of some of the strategies to to get there and and do that better, um, even if it's kind of a day by day, week by week journey toward getting better at it. We're we're all getting better all the time. That's that's the the secret of life, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we're at time. Where can people find you? So I am very limited on social these days. I had to give up Twitter and, you know, all these sort of places I used to hang out, but I am on LinkedIn. Um, so you can find me Corey Munch back on LinkedIn where I'm fairly active. Um, and of course the Buconic website, you can find my email if, uh, if anyone wants to reach out and maybe one day I'll find myself back on more social media, but for now I'm, I'm very minimalist and it's working for me. So LinkedIn's the place. Fantastic. Thanks for being on the show, Corey. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.